1: Maverick's Comic Roundup, the world's greatest comic book podcast that is hosted by a masked wrestling cowboy. I am your host, the comic book cowboy himself, Maverick, and I do thank you for tuning in today. January 29th, 2017 is our original air date, and we have a bit of a scattered show for you folks. I had a couple things originally set up. Uh, little Maggie was going to be calling in to talk about My Little Pony in another installment of Pony Express, but the girls got in very late last night from a dance competition. If you follow the show or follow me, you know I've got two competitively dancing daughters, and they rocked for East New Jersey yesterday and got in extremely late, so I'm giving her a a bit of a sleep-in day. She'll be back next week, and we'll talk about My Little Pony Friends Forever 35, I believe was the number. Um, but congratulations to the girls and all of their teammates who did an amazing job yesterday, and I think they deserve a little R&R today. So, But they'll be back next week. Well, Megan will be back next week. Princess Maria will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, so we just do a little show shuffling. That's how it works sometimes here in the podcast land. Let's jump right into comic book news this week. Not a whole lot of crazy news happening. Um, we're hitting into a mini-low because there's some stuff coming up where they like to make big announcements. Um, and we're in the, in the process of where a lot of things are, are being created that we're going to enjoy for the rest of the year. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, big news this week, Marvel and Square Onyx have announced a partnership to produce several video games based on Marvel characters. The first game is being dubbed The Avengers Project. More information on the games and uh, The Avengers Project itself are going to be announced in 2018, is what the, the press release said. I imagine we're going to hear more about that sooner. There is a short trailer online for the Avengers Project. Uh, It's interesting. I'm not going to say too much more about it. Go check it out online at Marvel or Square Onyx's Facebook page and social media. Um, It was all over social media this week. A lot of people are excited. They think that the game itself may lend itself to the Kingdom Hearts franchise, which is a hugely popular franchise for Square Onyx. Obviously, they're not saying we got nothing more than a teaser this week and promised that something's coming next year. So, well, not necessarily the game, but news is coming next year. And that's a long time to wait after an announcement. So, like I said, I have a feeling we're going to be hearing more about it. It just may not be as quickly as we thought. Fox has officially ordered a pilot for its as-yet-untitled X-Men television series that is set in the universe, the same universe as the movies. Uh, It's also being reported, uh, though not confirmed, that Brian Singer is going to direct the pilot for this. Now, this is interesting because it says it's based on the X-Men movie universe, which is kind of all over the place. It's not nearly as cohesive as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The X-Men franchise likes to jump around. They like to tell different stories and different And not everything always matches up. Um, So there's a lot of different places that they can pull from to set up a a television series. Um, Word is some of the original X-Men characters from the movies will appear, but not necessarily be the stars of the TV series. Um, Years ago, Marvel put out a show called Mutant X, which was pretty much... a a, a rip-off of the X-Men. Uh, it was a very X-Men-like show, um, and it worked. It was, it was fairly popular, even though pretty much everyone said it was a rip-off of the X-Men franchise. So they are capable of doing such television, and they actually currently have Legion, which is not set in the X-Men movie franchise, um, but is also based on an X-Men character of the same name. So they're they're keeping it going. Uh, there's also rumors going around of a, a new Mutants movie or series coming. I'm sure fans and, and myself, I'll admit, are hoping for a little more cohesion in that universe, but we'll see what happens. We're still getting stuff. I've enjoyed several of the X-Men franchise movies. I have not enjoyed several of the X-Men franchise movies, so... We'll see what they do when they come to television. X-Men on television I always thought was a great idea because of the nature of the X-Men series when it was at its heyday had a healthy human element to it, uh, ironically. Uh, A lot of character stuff that would work great on television that you can't necessarily squeeze into a two-hour movie. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with the movie is they put so many characters in that you can't develop any of them. This was fun. City Councilman for San Jose, California, Land Deep, I think I'm saying that right, took his oath of office this week while holding a replica of Captain America's shield. Now, this was a private swearing in ceremony. He didn't bring it to the public ceremony, or people may have had a stroke, but he he held it, and it did make the press and the news. He's a lifelong comic book fan, and he said he wore the shield as a way to express his love for comics and as a way to bring some light to a dark political climate. Um, <laughs> that story was circulating this week. I thought it was pretty cool that comic geeks are getting a, a shout-out in <laughs> matters of government now. Yeah, It was just a fun novel story, and uh, apparently it was the real deal. It was a big aluminum replica and not just a plastic toy. So hats off to... Mr. Deep, Councilman Deep, as it were. Pretty cool. Aspiring comic book creators, Darby Pop Publishing is hosting its third Breaking Into Comics contest as a way for new creators to get published on Comixology, and their work will also be included as part of a print edition of their franchise series. Uh, Darbypop.com will have all of the information. There's lots of different links on um, what you can do, they want you to create a story for them. They give you the script and the information on the characters. Actually, I don't think they give you the full script. But I didn't really investigate it. There was so much going on trying to set this one up. But there's a lot of links. If you go to Darby Pop, you can uh, create it. They've used this as a springboard for getting people noticed, uh, trying to break in the comics. It's a great way to get into it. And uh, just a fun idea of of going out there because there's so many, so many talented people who are trying to break into comics. If you go to any comic book show, you can see that there's just so much talent out there. And uh, it's a great way to get out there, get recognized, and and possibly get yourself published in Sidekick. So, once again, darbypop.com, D-A-R-B-Y-P-O-P.com is their website. And you should be able to find all of the information there. Marvel Cinematic Universe fans, rejoice! Avengers Infinity War has begun shooting. Uh, we've gotten very little from the, from the set itself. We know some of what's going into it. An enormous cast. Uh, almost everybody who's appeared in Marvel movies, and so characters that haven't been seen in many years, will be making a return. Um, all of the film franchises will be represented in this big Avengers Infinity War. And so far we've gotten two little teases from the set. Uh, once essentially was a a row, uh, an enormously long row of trailers that the actors will be using as uh, they begin their filming. No real specifics on what those were and whose they belong to, but just letting you know that Infinity has begun. And most recently, James Gunn, a picture on Instagram of him wearing a hat featuring the new Infinity War logo. Uh, It's pretty cool. It's got uh, the Avengers A in the middle of war. Uh, It's a pretty cool hat that they seem to have been giving out to cast. And I know people will be, and myself included, anxiously awaiting any news that, that trickles in from the sets. The Avengers movies are big public shoots usually, and you usually hear a lot of what's going on because they use a lot of locations. And when you do location sets, you get a lot of people hovering in parking garages with cameras, as has been the case. And you sometimes get some big peeks and look-sees of what's going on. And uh, this one's going to be a huge, huge, huge one for Marvel. And I think, you know, I, I don't even begin to know Thanos is the strongly rumored, almost practically confirmed villain of the Infinity War, and they're shooting two movies back-to-back. It's Infinity War and the sequel to Infinity War, however, originally it was supposed to be, a Infinity War was going to be a two-part movie, it's now one part with a, a sequel directly spinning off of it, and we know very little about what that sequel will entail since they reshuffled the films a little bit. Uh, coming up next month, uh, just uh, actually a couple days from now, uh, in February, issue 10 of the current Marvel Thunderbolt series will mark the 20th anniversary of the original Thunderbolt series, and it will start off a new story arc called Return of the Masters, in which Baron Zemo returns to reclaim the Thunderbolts. And it's also going to reunite the original Thunderbolt team of Kurt Busick and Mark Bagley, in their first work together in 15 years. Now, Thunderbolts, when it came out 15 years ago, really, really shocked the comic book world, and it was one of those great surprises that just spun everything on its ears, and, and was a great, uh, a, a great idea put in the comics, and it was they were able to get it over without spoiling it, and essentially for months we heard about this new team called the Thunderbolts. And honestly, on paper, I was like, I don't know any of these characters. They're all new characters led by Citizen D, um, uh, who had connections to the previous Marvel Universe, who's a recreated or, or second version of the classic Golden Age. Citizen V, and uh, it didn't really look that appealing to me, and I was one who was kind of duped by the series, because at the end of the very first issue, it was revealed that these superheroes, these brand-new Thunderbolts, this new team, was actually the Masters of Evil, a team of Avengers villains, in disguise as heroes, who who all changed their personas and went out, and Citizen V was actually Baron Zemo himself, and it was a just an awesome reveal, and it, it led to a great run of the original Thunderbolt series, and since that time, the Thunderbolt's name is still out there, but the series hasn't been all that interesting. A lot of times it's used uh, almost in the same way that DC uses the Suicide Squad name, in which it's a bunch of villains gathered together doing things, or you're acting as pseudo-heroes and stuff like that, but it's never been able to capture the magic of that original twist, and I doubt it ever will, but it's just fun to see that it's been 20 years since that original idea. Kirk Busick and Mark Bagley, just two phenomenal creators, and uh, I'll be kind of interested to see what they do with it. And um, Busick and Bagley are going to be doing a backup tale. They're not going to be writing the main story, but it's still fun to see that all back together, the original Thunderbolts, uh, for the first time in a lot of years. Uh, Looking forward to that. That'll be out in mid-February. And uh, will be available in your local comic store. All right. First, there was the comics, and, of course, the comic sequel. Then there was the blockbuster movie, and now Marvel's Civil War is headed to animation. Uh, It's currently going to be running as part of a multi-episode arc of Disney XD's Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. And uh, judging from what I've seen, they're incorporating the humans into that storyline who really didn't pay, play a huge part in the original Civil War comic, uh, but played an enormous part in Civil War 2 that just wrapped up. So it looks like they're doing their own versions, much like the movie completely did a different version. They used inspiration from the comics, but kept it very differently for several reasons tying into their storylines. Um, This is going to lead into a a bit of a retooling of the Marvel show. Uh, After Civil War ends, it's the big season finale, uh, a couple episodes leading up to end the season finale. And then it's going to rebrand the show as Marvel's Avengers Secret War. Uh, This isn't all that uncommon. Lately, Disney XD superhero shows, both Spider-Man and the Avengers, have had season kind of relaunches, subplots, as it were. Um, been doing it for a while. You had Web Water, Warriors and then Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Uh, so it's kind of a way to retool the series every year without it getting old, and they're able to come in and tell new storylines and change up costumes and things like that. It does look like the Avengers will be sticking around for a fourth season. We know Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, is being retooled simply as Spider-Man, and it's going to be an all-new series. So lots of Marvel stuff still happening on Disney, who's very happy to have their superheroes. And uh, that does it for the news this week. Yeah. So, well, this is usually the part where I bring in our guests, but like I said, since I'm letting her sleep in today, We're going to skip that part, and we're going to go right into our commercials. And when I come back, we'll get into a bit of an extended version of the six-shooter. So we will see you in about three minutes, 17 seconds, folks. Attention business
0: owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215 288 7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook.
1: All right, heroes, welcome back to Maverick's Comic Roundup here on the Totally Driven. Entertainment Radio Network. Uh, I was listening to that last commercial as we came back for Ontario Street Comics, and it, it got me thinking of another piece of news that I haven't mentioned yet on the show, because I'm not sure how it's going to connect, but M. Lake Shyamalan is making a sequel to the movie Unbreakable. He announced that that's going to be his next big project. Uh Unbreakable, of course, had a lot to do in the world of comics and superheroes. It was his take on superheroes in, in, quote-unquote, the real life. It was shot in and around Philadelphia, where I (laughs) happen to live nearby, and featured Ontario Street Comics in the show, as you heard in the commercial. So it'll be fun to see if they come back to Philadelphia, and uh, if they incorporate one of the sponsors here on Totally Driven Ontario Street Comics into the movie as well. I think that would be uh, pretty fun. So it's time for The Six Shooter. The Six Shooter is six comics that I have read this week that I think deserve spotlight. I think you should check them out. I try to pick a little bit of something for everybody, and I do try to spread it out, although there's things, obviously, that draw my attention that may not draw your attention. I'm not saying these are the best comics put out. They're just things that I enjoyed and things that I think you should check out. And the first one on my list today caught me completely off guard when I walked into the comic store this week to start my reading. Uh, bear with me, folks, but my number one pick, Scooby-Doo Team-Up number 22. Now, I am a big fan of Scooby-Doo Team-Up. Uh, my favorite version of the Scooby-Doo cartoon was the Scooby-Doo movies. that always had celebrities on, and my favorite Episode of that, of course, was the Batman and Robin episode. Well, they've started a comic book in the same vein as Scooby-Doo, uh, the Scooby-Doo movies. And ironically, it started off with Batman and Robin. It, it dealt with a, a lot of DC superhero characters, uh, crossover. Uh, Captain Marvel, Shazam has been on Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman – even Harley Quinn has crossed over and teamed up with Scooby-Doo. But this week, they went way, way back. And Scooby-Doo teamed up with Frankenstein Jr. and the Impossibles. So when I walked back, walked in and saw Frankenstein Jr., the Impossibles, and Scooby-Doo on a comic book cover, you'd know I was picking it up. Now, anyone who grew up on the... Old Hanna-Barbera cartoons uh, back in the day knows who I'm talking about. Frankenstein Jr. and the Impossibles were animated characters in the Hanna-Barbera Saturday morning cartoon universe. uh, Really quirky, fun superheroes. Frankenstein Jr. being a a giant robot who would go around and fight crime with the young boy genius inventor. And the Impossibles were a rock band who all had really crazy superpowers. Uh, just funny, great stuff, and uh, this was a, a interesting team up. Um, getting them all into the book, it was a lot of fun. If if you like uh, those throwback nods to your childhood, or if you wanna, you have a child, a young kid, a young reader that you want to kind of expose to the the stuff that mom and dad grew up on. If it's an all ages book, and it's obviously geared towards kids. But I think in a lot of ways, the Scooby Doo team ups are also geared towards. Uh, adults who grew up on a, a lot of these old cartoons, because a lot of the characters are throwback versions of the characters. It's the classic Batman and Robin. It's Obviously, the Hanna-Barbera characters aren't out in the mainstream as much. Uh, I do think they show some of them sometimes on the the Boomerang Network, the Retro Cartoon Network, but even a lot of those shows are older versions of Cartoon Network originals and not so much the old classic cartoons that, uh, that I grew up on, and, and so many others have So just seeing this book out there uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, There's a lot of characters slammed into one book, so it kind of moves pretty quick. Uh, Obviously, it's not a a plot-heavy thing. It's a lot of fun, Uh, a lot of Scooby-Doo jokes. uh, They do a really great job of keeping the spirit of all the characters that I've read in there. Um, And this is just a a fun book in general. So... uh, Scooby-Doo Team Up, I don't read it every month, but I I have known to pick up a few here and there just for the the silliness and the fun of of seeing some of these classic characters brought back. And this one really uh, was a lot of fun. I think a couple months ago I highlighted it on the six-shooter here when Space Ghost was uh, the Team Up character. So um, just a great job they're doing with this book, throwing in stuff that you don't get to see anymore. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. And I think you would, too. Uh, it's, it's definitely a a fun one. It may be a little tough to find if your store doesn't carry a lot of all-ages kid stuff or just a few comics, but uh, ask for it. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. So Scooby-Doo Team Up, number 22 from DC Comics, and it's got a two ninety nine cover price and is in stores this week. And on the retro vibe uh, this week, my number two book in the six-shooter, Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. I have given my love to the Batman 66 universe. The classic Batman TV series is what I'm referring to. Is DC Comics is tagged at Batman 66. And they uh, have had a, a really successful run at, at using the character in all sorts of different things. It, it's been in a regular series that ran for a, a few years, and most recently what they've been doing is miniseries with the characters, and he's been crossing over with legendary heroes and characters in that vein. Uh, we've seen him team with the Avengers of Stephen Peel, not the Marvel characters. The man from Uncle, Green Hornet, and now he's, he's staying in-universe and teaming up with Wonder Woman 77, and there are so many memes and fans out there who have, have wanted this. Uh, I see all the time where those characters from this, the classic TV series, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, are always put together, and they wish for some kind of Super Friends or Justice League version of those characters. And we finally get it in comics form, and uh was interested to see where they were going to take it. Uh, Wonder Woman's TV series was obviously set in two different uh, decades, and Batman, even though it's termed Batman 66, and it has a very 60s vibe to it, it's kind of timeless. They don't get into a lot of dates and time, and there's a lot of Batman tech that (laughs) doesn't necessarily mesh with the the 60s because it's, you know, know, Batman. But this one's interesting. It's a Starts off with a bit of a flashback where Batman meets (laughs) uh, a very young Bruce Wayne, I should say. uh, Before he loses his parents, meets both Talia al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul, who obviously is going to be one of the big bads in the series, as well as uh, Wonder Woman. He gets to see Wonder Woman as a child. I'm not sure how this is going to spring forward in the team-up, but it was not the direction I was expecting. But it was uh, interesting to see Wonder Woman out there battling Nazis. And a young Bruce Wayne gets to watch. And, of course, you know, Ra's al Ghul and Talia are out there, and they're all on the hunt for a mysterious book. And I don't want to spoil everything, but I really had fun with this. I loved the Batman 66 crossovers. I love the Batman 66 series. Like I said, it was the the first Batman I grew up on, so I'm always going to hold an affectionate place in my heart for the Batman 66. And just to see another fun Wonder Woman 77, I love that show as well. And uh, it was fun to see them together, and uh, some of the things they're going to be able to do in this series is going to be very interesting. So uh, they even did the Wonder Woman spin <laughs> that she turns into... Wonder Woman in comic book form. Uh, Jeff Parker is the writer. He's been doing a lot of the Batman 66 stuff. Uh, He just does an awesome job. So uh, a lot of fun stuff going on in here. Kick it up. Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77 as the two comic book franchises based on their classic TV series meet for the first time. A six-issue mini series. This is issue one in stores this week, three ninety-nine from DC Comics. Uh, next book. Uh, this one caught me off guard. It's one of those. This is one of those weeks where I, I, a couple books uh, caught my eye that uh, kind of surprised me. And uh, the next book on the list is Bis to the Future, number one. Yeah, I said this A brand new miniseries that's coming out. I believe it's a miniseries. Uh, telling the tale of Biff Tannen and how he came into his wealth and power during the events of Back to the Future 2. Now, I thought this was a really, really clever idea for a comic. There has been a Back to the Future comic running for a little while now from IDW. Um, it's been pretty successful and uh, pretty fun. And this is a spin spinoff miniseries to that. It, it, it's pretty funny. It starts literally... Uh, with the scene in the movie where old Biff gives uh, young Biff the book, and if I'm spoiling anything, if you haven't seen Back to the Future 2, holy moly, what's wrong with you? Go watch the movie. Um, Then he goes from there and shows you how he takes the sports almanac uh, scores and uh, becomes a multi-millionaire (laughs) among other things. So uh, this was going to be fun. Obviously, it's a bit of a comedy series. It's it's a little out there. It's uh, like I said, it it surprised me when I saw it. I said, like, wait, what does that say? And um, check it out. It's something different. If you like the Back to the Future franchise, and I know there's a lot of you who do, uh, get to your comic store and ask for this to the future number one. And that's a three ninety nine cover price from IDW Comics, who also handles the Back to the Future comic book stuff. If you are so inclined in checking those out as well, because there's a lot of uh, fun stuff in that franchise. Next up on the six-shooter list, Star Wars 27. Now, I covered Star Wars 26 in the six-shooter. I'm really enjoying, I enjoy the Star Wars books as it is. Obviously, if you listen to this show or Galactic Clubhouse, my other show, you know I'm a Star Wars guy, which isn't all that strange for a cowboy. I don't want to hear it. Cowboys like Star Wars, too. Star Wars 27 is is a Star Wars series takes place generally between the events that happen between A New Hope and Empire Strike Back. It's telling the tale of the 10 years in between those two movies. And this one is a bit of a Sidetrack. trek. What they've been doing from time to time is uh, Luke Skywalker has come across Obi-Wan Kenobi's journals from his hut in Tatooine and has been going back and learning more about the Jedi Order and history of the Jedi and, and, and stuff like that. It kind of explains how he's progressed as far as he had in, in the movies and how he learned some of the things that he does. And uh, in this one, you know, the he's looking through the journals and um, discovers a long-lost tale of uh, a Jedi master It's only referred to. He doesn't actually know he's reading about Yoda, but we do. We can see Yoda, and it's Yoda in an adventure on his own. And uh, it's really cool because you don't get to see that a lot in Star Wars. There's been a couple Clone Wars episodes where Yoda was in action, but it's not something that's seen, so it's an untold tale of Yoda, as he's. uh on this planet, and it's a a planet overrun by, I almost want to call it a Lord of the Flies type planet, because it's like tribal warrior children have run amok on this planet, and it's Yoda dealing with a whole lot of stuff like that, and I don't want to get into too many spoilers and stuff since it is a new issue, but it's interesting to see Yoda in action. Yoda having trouble, because Yoda is such a cool calm, collected character in the movies and all. This is an early tale of Yoda, where he's still a Young and spry, uh, X hundred years old, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, seeing Yoda in a different circumstance, outside of just being the old mentor-type character, even in the Clone Wars when he was active, he was acting as a mentor role and more of a behind-the-scenes type character. This is full-on Yoda in action, using his Jedi abilities and power and... It's interesting getting Luke's take on things as well because he's just picturing this great Jedi warrior, completely uh, unaware that you know he's reading about his future Jedi master Yoda. So this has been a, a really cool arc. Um, I love what they're doing. I'd like to see more of the Jedi in action in the Star Wars comics. They haven't really gotten into that yet. Uh, we had a small mini series with Anakin and Obi Wan. Yeah, they're doing a Darth Maul series that I covered in the show previously, and now this story arc with Yoda. I'd love to see a Tales of the Jedi type book from Marvel or something in that line. But uh Marvel, Star Wars twenty seven, it's the main it runs right in the main series. It's three ninety nine from Marvel Comics. It was in stores this week. And I think you should definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. Moving right along, Batgirl number seven from DC Comics. Uh, This one was interesting, because when I heard about it, I was like, ooh, I wonder how that's going to work out, and uh, this is the start of a new story arc for Batgirl. Uh, Batgirl's comic uh, kind of had a renaissance the last couple years. They kind of reimagined the suit and uh, moved her out on her own to the, the suburb of Gotham called Burnside, and... It's been really well-received, and uh, this is a new story arc in which uh, Babs had gone off in the beginning of uh, the Rebirth era on a bit of a world tour uh, investigating some stuff. That if you want to read it, you're going to have to go figure it out. If you want to know what happened, go read it yourself. But a new story arc, Barb's came comes back to Burnside. There's obviously some big changes when you're away that long. It, it kind of surprised her, and she... Meets and is potentially going to date the penguin's son this one uh, caught me by surprise. I didn't know if he was introduced in this story, actually nobody really knew the penguin had a son um There's already some intrigue and mystery around the character. Is he legit? is he shady like his father? you know is he a villain? Is it a setup? We're not really sure. They don't really get into it too much. They, they do paint a gray picture for the characters. They make you think you could be either way and hopefully entice you to keep reading. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. She has a confab with her on-again, off-again love interest Nightwing about it, who obviously does not think dating the son of a supervillain is a good idea, especially when you're bad girl but she's going to uh, investigate, she says. Um, It helps that the Penguin's son looks absolutely positively nothing like the Penguin. But that girl, number seven from DC Comics, $2.99 cover price on that, part of the Rebirth storyline. And it's in stores this week, of course. My next book on the sixth shooter comes from Marvel Comics, and it's Civil War 2 The Oath. Now, Civil War has gotten a lot of controversy for being yet another Marvel Comics miniseries that that spun painfully out of control and was over the top late, and a lot of the ending was already spoiled by the fact that comics has come out after the events of the Civil War, when you have a big universe spanning epic, and, and things are (laughs) <laughs> coming out of it play a big role in all of the comics going forward and you have epic lateness to the length of the Civil War people get frustrated And this was supposed to be the aftermath of the book that kind of sets up what we now already know so it was kind of anticlimactic in that but I really really enjoyed reading it I wasn't going to read it at first because I wasn't sure exactly what it was, it takes place after the events of Civil War 2 in which we find more out. Well, we don't really find more out. We know at this point what has happened to uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, who has been missing since the end of the Civil War. And then in Civil War Seven, we found out exactly what happened to him. And um, he has a long talk, which is funny if you know exactly what happened to the character, Um We get to see a lot of what's going on with Captain America, Steve Rogers. And in recent Marvel Comics books, Steve Rogers' Captain America went through a period where he lost his powers and was uh, aged up to a a 70-ish, you know, whatever age he would be in the Marvel Comics, and then to have his powers restored uh, by an entity of the cosmic cube come to life, uh, yeah, only in comics. Uh, the Tesseract, for those who only know the Marvel comic movies universe, re-gave Steve back his powers and his abilities, but also put in his head that he all this time has been a secret Hydra agent. So he now is essentially Hydra. He's been brainwashed to an extent; he has no idea that none of this is true, but he believes that he's grown up as a HYDRA agent. He's been a HYDRA agent all his life, and that he's been secretly plotting for HYDRA all this time. Of course, Hydra's using that to their advantage. And you get to see a lot of Steve Rogers' take on why he's doing what he does and and how it has actually conflicted that. People like Tony and and whatnot don't know the real him, but they think he's a stand-up, trustworthy guy. And it also sets up the next big Marvel event. Big, heavy sigh. Hopefully this one's treated better than Civil War II was. Uh, But Marvel's got an event coming called Secret Empire, and it it sets up how this is going to work as uh, Marvel has inadvertently put a lunatic Hydra agent with his own secret agenda in charge, essentially, of policing the world. Um, Obviously, a couple people have already made overturns, whether fairly or not, to the current political climate in America. Uh, So there was a little bit of, we'll call it controversy there. Um, I found it interesting on many levels in that, you know, Steve is kind of playing chess behind the scenes. And I'm very curious to see how this is all going to play out. Um, Truthfully, though, even though I'm kind of interested in the storyline, I'm a little flustered and flabbergasted because Captain America, Steve Rogers is one of my favorite characters, and over the last 10 years or so, he's probably spent 11 minutes actually being Captain America. Um, They did a storyline, of course, where he quote-unquote died, and Bucky was Captain America as the Winter Soldier. And then he comes back, and he was back not very long before he lost all of his powers, and now Sam Wilson's Captain America, and there's two Captain Americas. And then he was rejuvenated, and now he's secretly a HYDRA agent. So intriguing stuff, but you know, I, I'd like to see Captain America be Captain America for a while. But I am interested in Secret Empire and where it's going. Not too much about it, but you can kind of get the gist of where it's headed when you give a character like a secret agent, Steve Rogers, complete authority to police the world. (laughs) Things are going to go awry quickly. So if you're interested in seeing uh, the aftermath of Civil War, and more importantly, I think a setup for Secret Empire, pick it up, don't overlook it. It's actually a really good read um, in itself. Uh, it's not an action-packed issue. It's a lot of exposition and talking, but you kind of get to see ulterior motives and behind-the-scenes thought process on how things are laying out. That is Civil War Two: The Oath from Marvel Comics. It's got a three ninety-nine. No, that's not right. I believe that one was four ninety-nine cover price. Um, I have written down three ninety-nine, but and I don't have the book right in front of me at the moment. But I think that was may have been four ninety-nine. So three or four ninety-nine. I'll double check on that and maybe I'll post it later. But the wrap up, that was the big wrap up of the Civil War (sighs) 2 event, as it were. And that, my friends, wraps up the six shooter. So that's uh, pretty much all the show (laughs) comic book stuff. Um, that I had planned. Like I said, one thing didn't happen. Maggie's still sleeping, actually. I could tell here from the home studio that uh, she hasn't stirred yet. So she will definitely be back talking My Little Pony. Um, I want to talk about something here on the show that I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I said we were going to start uh, the Mavericks Roundup Gang or Mavericks Posse. I've been calling it kind of both things, but officially it's going to be Mavericks Comic Roundup's Posse. Uh, my fan club for your uh, comic readers, gearing it to the kids, but you know, you grown folks can jump in too because I love to do stuff like this. And we're going to have a secret code at the end of every episode starting in two weeks. And uh, you'll find out why in a moment. In two weeks, we're going to start. Uh, at the end of every show, I'm going to give out a secret code, and that code will unlock a prize. You will be asked to decipher the code, send it back to me at the show, and then I will take all of the successful decoded messages, pick one random winner, and they will get the prize that week. And I have some pops, and graphic novels, and different things that. Uh, we'll be giving away as prizes, and uh, hopefully we'll have some really fun surprises. Your first chance to get a membership card will be next Saturday, February 4th, as I will be making an appearance for Liberty All-Star Wrestling in Parksburg, Pennsylvania. And at my table, I'm going to have a merchandise table with the new Mavericks T-shirts and different uh, products. You will be able to get your hands on a Mavericks <laughs> comic roundup, Mavericks roundup, Uh, Membership card and decoder. Get yourself a decoder. And then starting in two weeks, I will have the first decoded message. Uh, There's going to be a lot of other opportunities to get the membership card. Uh, February 18th, I have an appearance in Folsom, Pennsylvania, which will be your second opportunity to pick up the membership card. And it's just a fun way for me to say thank you for listening. I want to make the show more interactive, especially uh, with the kids, and we're going to have a cool club. So that starts. So get out there February 4th. Get yourself a membership card. Check out the show. And uh, maybe you can win some cool prizes. I have, uh, looking at them over here, I have a couple exclusive pops that I reviewed on the show from the collector's core box, some other cool Star Wars and comic book collectibles. And uh, we're going to start that next week, so it's going to be cool. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Also, send your pictures to Maverick's Comic Roundup. I want to see your comic book art. I've started getting some of them in. I'm going to do the first one uh, in February. We're going to kick that off big time. I've seen some cool stuff sent in already, so thank you if you've already sent it in. If you have a budding comic book artist who likes to draw superheroes, or you are a comic book creator yourself, uh, take a snap take a picture or scan it in. Uh, mail it to Mav at Mavericks Roundup dot com. Include your first name and age, no last names, please. Uh, and if you're so inclined to put where you live, that would be swell too. And I'm going to start using them in the show's look at the what's it called, slideshow if you're listening on the. Uh, the network here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, you will see that there's a slideshow that I fill with different random pictures uh, of me at different events over the years and different comic book and, and promo pictures. I'm going to start filling them with art for the show. I'm also going to be highlighting them on the Mavericks Comic Roundup Facebook and Instagram pages. So, again, mav at mavericksroundup.com. Send your pictures The Mavericks Comic Roundup. And that will also start this month in February, as 2017 is <laughs> rolling as the show gets moving. I said this is stuff I wanted from day one, and it's uh, finally kicking into place. So I'm really, really excited about that. Once again, I'll mention one more time. This next Saturday, Parksburg, Pennsylvania, if you've got a wrestling fan, you want to come out and see me live, I'll have a Mavericks comic roundup table there with some show and wrestling-related uh promotional items, Uh, we can chat comics, we can chat wrestling, I will be in the ring performing for Liberty All-Star Wrestling that night, and uh, you can get tickets at libertyallstarwrestling.com. So come on out and see me in action, fighting evil in the ring. Uh, Thanks to the folks from Liberty All-Star Wrestling for having me out that night. For more information on this show, my upcoming appearances, blog, and more, check out MavericksRoundup.com, which is going to start becoming a bigger hub for all the show and everything I'm doing. You can follow me on social media, on Instagram at MavericksRoundup, on Facebook at MavericksComicRoundup, and now on Snapchat at MavsRoundup. You can read my weekly comic book reviews for the Totally Driven Entertainment Network by going to TotallyDrivenTV.com. I almost got the website wrong. TotallyDrivenTV.com. For more of my comic book reviews, you can go to the Comic Universe Facebook page by searching at Comic Universe. And that's for the Comic Universe store in Folsom, Pennsylvania. And you'll be able to follow my Kids and Family Star Wars podcast, Galactic Clubhouse, that will be coming soon to the Totally Driven Network. You can go to Facebook and Instagram and search at Galactic Clubhouse for information on that. And you can catch uh, loudmouth obnoxious manager H.W. Star and I every Friday night at 9 p.m. for the LAW Retro Wrestling Hour where we discuss all the latest Liberty All-Star Wrestling news and debate the greatest wrestlers and supercards and promotions from years gone by. That is all the show I have. Thank you so very much for listening, friends. Uh, We'll be back next week with uh, (laughs) Meg's Pony Roundup as we'll be talking My Little Pony, uh, Six Shooter, and more on my upcoming appearances. Thank you for tuning in. And happy trails until we meet again.